Hi, on this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional, we are going to be discussing the book, The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. Now, I've already shared how I feel about the book. I'm excited to discuss it. Does Suzanne feel the same way? Listen in to find out. Why, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. Now, you're lucky because it's a book club episode, and we're going to be discussing the book. I always have to look for the title of it because I always say it wrong, but it's The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And I'm Michelle, and here with Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Hey, Michelle. How's it going? It's going well. You got the book read this month? (laughs) (laughs) Don't I always? It takes me longer than you, but I do get it read. No, I'm just kidding because we were delayed and you kept throwing yourself under the bus last time. So well, I'm like, I do. Oh, I'll do yeah. it one more time. So, yeah. how have you been? I've been great. How about you? I've been good. I've been in Alaska, which I think I shared oh, a little bit right. of that last week. But mm-hmm. it has been a very interesting trip because I know in past episodes, we have really talked about how we're Arizona girls now, but we have the ties to Alaska where we don't go back very often. But I do want to say, I'm kicking myself in the butt for saying all that because when I come back to Alaska, it really is still magical. The beauty of it, the friendship of it, you know, my family's here. I'm just very grateful for the time that I've had here, even though I was hesitant about it when I arrived. Right. Well, and that's good. Yeah, and I had this really amazing experience because Colton and Zoe came to Alaska. It's his first time back in two years and her first time here ever. And so he wanted to show her his hometown. And they let me be a part of that. I rode around with them and it was so incredibly cool to see the significant things in town to him, those places that were so important to him that he thought, we need to drive by that. I need to show you that and share a story about that. And to me, like that just spoke to my heart so much. I thought it was incredible. And I was so grateful. Oh, sounds fantastic. Yeah, no, it was really a whole lot of fun. So I wanted to share that about Alaska. I'm gonna still share the fact. Sorry if people think I, I, you know, have been down on it. I'm only down on the cold weather and how far away it is, but it's magical up here. So if anyone ever gets a chance to visit, I think they should. Okay. (laughs) You're not sharing that same enthusiasm. (laughs) I was also recently in Alaska. It rained a lot. And yeah, I'm glad you still feel that way about Alaska. As I mentioned in the intro that today is a book club episode, but before we jump into the book club, there's something else I want to talk about. So why don't we go to that and then we'll do book club. Okay, sounds good. Suzanne, you know me and you know that I love to eat. I like food. And again, I've been traveling recently and I've made a couple observations while dining And I just have a story to share because it normally wouldn't have hit my radar, but the scene these people made and then what they left the restaurant like just caught me surprised. (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so in Seattle, we went to Fogo de Chao and it's a Brazilian restaurant, very nice. They have the big salad bar, then they bring the different meats around and it's a nice restaurant. And we had just been seated and... 
two couples and two 18 months old came over. I think they might've been twins. They came over and they were gonna sit at the table next to us. That's where they were being seated. Well, as they approached it, they did not like what the floor area looked like under the, the table. And they caused a little bit of a scene. Like they wouldn't sit down until they came and cleaned it. They wanted another table, but there wasn't one available. And they didn't like go over and sit back in the waiting area so they could clean it. They just congregated around and watched them clean, which I get it. I wouldn't want to sit in a place where there were like a lot of crumbs on the ground. I'd probably make Rob sit in that seat. I probably wouldn't make a scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. they just caused a little bit of a commotion. It wasn't just quietly handled. And so I was like, okay, well, whatever. Fast forward two hours, they get up to leave and it looked like a war area there. Those kids <laughs> had made such a mess and they just walked away like, oh, well, it's a mess. And I just was super shocked about how diligent they were in the beginning and how careless they were in the end. And I know I've been there with kids. We've been called the wrecking crew because kids make messes when they eat, totally natural. Right. That's not the issue. Right. It's just the fit they threw in the beginning and then the mess they left. It was such a contradiction. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. And so I've sat and I've actually given this situation far too much of my time. And I was thinking, <laughs> you know, would they have left the places big a mess had it been cleaned when they got there? You could look at that both ways. Definitely. Definitely. So that was a dining observation. And then, and I've got to share this because all I can say is shut up today's show. Shut up and stop putting this information <laughs> out there. But they did a segment and it was on July 24th. And uh -huh. the video or the, the segment that they aired was called, Is America Becoming a Nation of Early Birds? in which they brought attention to the fact that many people for many different reasons are deciding to eat, go out and eat dinner earlier in the day. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up. I have been doing that all my life. And the reason I do it is because I'm usually hungry by three o'clock and I need to eat when I'm hungry because if I wait, I'm going to eat more and that's just not good. Mm -hmm. So it's a way for me to kind of cut out extra calories. I eat early because I sleep better and I eat early because there are no crowds and I can sit where I want. Well, now they're broadcasting it and reporting on the fact right. that so many people, especially after the pandemic, are choosing to eat earlier. That restaurants, and this is their quote, um, between the time frame of 2 and 5 p.m., they seat 10% of their dinner diners between wow. two and three or two and 5 p.m. And I'm like, wow. And so then you go to see like, why are more people eating early? And they said that a lot of people now are working from home. And so when they get hungry, they're gonna go eat. They're flexible in their schedule and they're usually ready to socialize. So I'm like, yeah, you can't argue with all of that. So I guess I'm just frustrated because they're giving all the secrets away. They're giving my early eating time frame away. And I don't want to deal with crowds. Right. And well, and it's, I, I feel your pain because I'm that way when it comes to TSA pre-check and clear, it's like, quit advertising. 
It's like you're going to spoil it for everyone. So I I get what you're talking about. Okay. And of course, you would find a way to tie it back to TSA. <laughs> yeah. I just well, have to of course. say. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So that's kind of what I've got. And I, you know, today's show, I do enjoy it. But when I heard that, I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't do it. Yeah. But e- don't even, give away our secrets. Yeah. Even Hoda. And I think, I don't know what other host was there. I don't think it was Jenna, but they were also complaining about that news story going out because they like to eat early. And I'm like, see, good company for all yeah. good company. Yeah. Yeah. It's like our own secret society and we don't really want that to get out. Yeah. And it was so funny because a lot of the people they talked to were much younger and they're like, oh, yeah, it used to be for old people. I guess we're old now or the blue haired is what they called them. I'm like, stop it. Like, stop stereotyping. And I found that very interesting. So I just had to throw that out there before we discuss the book. Okay. The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave is a fictional book. It is now also a movie, and the movie stars Jennifer Garner. I didn't know that until I was just jotting down my notes before starting this, that she was the actress in it, but check out Apple TV. Did you watch it? I did not watch it. I don't have Apple TV. I'm sure I could find it somewhere else, but Uh I kind of forgot about it. I forgot there was a movie version. Yeah, well, I, I I have not watched it either. It's plastered on a sticker on my book, the last thing he told me, stream on Apple TV. And at first I thought maybe it's a series, but I don't know. I don't even know if it's a series or just a movie. But You know, funny you should say that because it did say when I was looking something about season one. So maybe they broke it up in a small series or a limited series. Yeah. I don't know. I'll so, have to research it. I will watch it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. It's on my list because it was... A good book. Okay. I'm like, okay, what's she going to say? Here's the moment of reveal because we hadn't talked about your (laughs) thoughts on it yet. So you liked it. I did like it much to my dismay. So you went in with a preconceived notion and then came out actually enjoying it. Well, I did. And very early in the book, page six of the book, the author, I'm going to read the sentence and you tell me what you think is wrong with it. Okay. Bailey is at home, avoiding me as she usually does. Her blasting music, today's selection, beautiful, the Carol King musical, pulsing all the way down the stairs. Its own looping reminder that I am not welcome in her room. Did it? I don't know. I I like the sentence. Okay, we talked about this. We no punctuation. No, she's dating the book by mentioning Carol. Oh, um, beautiful, yeah. the Carol King story because that's a very current. And so, twenty years from now, when you're reading this book, the book is dated, and she could have rent, written the sentence. Bailey is at home, avoiding me as she usually does. Her blasting music pulsing all the way down the stairs without mentioning beautiful the carol king musical why did she do that so yeah from the beginning i was very skeptical about liking the book okay well i will say this book was a 2021 release i believe and i just kind of skimmed over the fact it mentioned the carol king musical because i didn't recognize it i just thought it was something you know, from the past right. that they listened to. So I didn't right. have the same reaction. But 
I guess she added that in because it adds a personal touch. Like it gives you well, insight into I, who this character is. No, no. To me, it's a cheap cop out. I don't think you need to do that when you're writing a novel. You do not need to date it. You do not need to. And she does it throughout the book. But I got used to it. I kind of cut her some slack because I really enjoyed the book. It was an easy read. I read it almost in one sitting, which is rare for me. And um, so it's like, okay, I'm going to cut her some slack. But I can't help pointing that out. I'm happy you pointed out the fact that you couldn't put the book down because that's how I felt too. I couldn't stop listening. I wanted to get more and more. And, you know, I'd get tired, so I'd have to put it down. But I finished Mm -hmm. it really quickly. It was a very easy read. It was entertaining and it had a good flow through it. Mm -hmm. And so you listened. You didn't, you've kind of gone into that realm where you listen, you prefer listening to reading. We've had this conversation, I know, in the past. To hear it. And it just puts it in a different context for me. So maybe I'm a better audio learner than visual Mm -hmm. learner. Right. And it probably takes the same amount of time because someone's actually reading those words like my mind would be reading them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just enjoy listening to it. I I find I can get a lot done so I can multitask also. Mm -hmm. And that's where you and I are very different because I fall asleep. When I listen. Do you fall asleep during movies too? Well, no, but if you're watching a movie, you're watching as well as listening. When you're listening to a book, you don't have anything to watch. That's true. I fall asleep during TV shows sometimes in movies. So that's why I was asking. Why don't you give us a big or a quick synopsis of what the book is about? And then we'll go from there. Or why don't you? Because I think the best way to give a synopsis is to read the synopsis on the back of the book, just because I'm not very good at synopsis. Okay, well, I'm not great at them either. But I will say that, and you can read this on the back of the book, I'm not giving anything away, that there are three main characters. One you never meet. His name is Owen. He is the husband who's disappeared. Then you have Bailey, who is... Owen's 16-year-old daughter and the stepdaughter of Hannah, who is the main character, and the book is being told as her story from her perspective. The book starts with a note arriving to Hannah, and all it says is protector. And she is told that it's from her husband, and she knows that he's talking about Bailey. Now, Hannah and Bailey don't have a great relationship. She's the stepmom. Bailey's mom is deceased. And so their relationship is a work in progress. And this incident where Owen disappears has caused them to come together and have to work together in order to basically survive and figure out what the mystery is. They have visits from the FBI. They have visits from, who are the other ones, Suzanne? The US Marshal. The US Marshal. And in a different state. In a different state, in the state of Texas. And there are several storylines there because he disappears because the place he's working is under investigation for fraud. Fraud. And mm-hmm. when that becomes highlighted, there's another reason you find out later that he runs too. And so this whole book is about 
Bailey and Hannah trying to learn how to work together, putting their differences aside so they can figure out who the husband slash dad really was. And that's briefly what it's about. And then there's exactly all these filler parts in there. There's other characters who come in that fill in some of the information unbeknownst to them. They'll do flashbacks to conversations that Hannah and Owen had or things that happened that didn't sit quite right. But when you're in the middle of being in love in a new relationship, you kind of just are like, well, you know, maybe we're short on Mm -hmm. time or he gave me the answer when he really didn't. Right. And that was another, I just, I'll loosely based criticism because it really doesn't deserve criticism. I knew that that's what the author was doing when she was writing, having the flashbacks to those conversations. But several times when I was reading the book, I thought, okay, do we really need this flashback to tell the story? Yes, we do. Well, I see. I didn't think we did. I think there were times when it's like, okay, I didn't need to read that flashback. I did find there were a couple flashbacks in there. Um, There was one where they're, I think they're at a market or something, and they run into an old high school friend of his. And he comes up and he's like, hey, so-and-so, like you were the prom king. I haven't seen you since. And he's like, nope, sorry, you have the wrong guy. And that was a flashback, but they never use that as a clue to find out his identity. Like, that's what I kept waiting for. Oh, she's going to go back and remember there was this conversation. He was called by this name and he was a prom king at a school in Texas. Right, right. And but I'm just saying, I didn't feel like that link was successfully made between the flashback conversations to clues and what she was trying to figure out. I felt like I could have read the book without those flashback conversations. Even like the piggy bank? Or do you, were you happy to have the background information on the piggy bank? Little, I, that one, I think, was significant. But most of them, I was like, mm, yeah, I think I could have. And I would have liked to have read the book without the flashbacks to see if I needed them. So, Suzanne, did you like how she brought in several different themes, relationship styles, connections into the story? I can, can give you, yeah, I was yeah, going to say, I can say, give you an sure. example because I wasn't sure how to phrase that. So one yeah. of the big themes during this book is Hannah and Bailey learning to work together. And you find out later, or maybe throughout the whole book, why that is so important to Hannah is because she had a mom that just left her. And so she wanted that mom figure. She always felt abandoned and she didn't want to do this to this daughter, even though it was so hard, you know, Mm -hmm. she was going to persevere and work through that. So Mm -hmm. that relationship was brought in, you know, the relationship of father and daughter was brought in and lots of different perspectives there. Not only Owen being the father and daughter, but another character and her dad and how that relationship kind of led to this whole thing spiraling out of control. I think its significance is maybe it provides some level of perspective But again, I feel like maybe the author isn't giving the reader enough credit. Like a relationship, when you marry someone and you have to create a a relationship with the stepchild, your your future stepchild, does it really matter the significance of it? Obviously, the significance of it is you have to live in harmony with this child because you're marrying her father. 
and does it really have to go so does there have to be a deeper reason because it's about the relationship she had with her mother not really so to some degree i didn't necessarily think that was an important factor in the book it didn't really answer questions for me you know when you're reading a mystery like this you conjure up your own questions and that particular side story for lack of a better way to put it didn't answer any questions that i conjured up when i was reading the book and i felt very differently about it because yes everything you said is true about when you marry someone who has kids you find a way to make it work or it doesn't but you you do try mm -hmm. just because that's what's needed for the family unit but i appreciated right. this coming in only because it kind of shared her mindset as she made the decisions. Like you could understand why she was making those decisions or why she felt so strongly with this perspective rather than taking a shortcut here. She's like, no, I'm going this way because this is what she deserves. This is what she needs and putting the child first. So I did like that that was added in. What else would you like to share about this book? I don't know. <laughs> what would you like to share about it? You know, it was just such an easy read. It was so enjoyable was. to sit down and to follow these twists and turns and try and figure them out for yourself before you actually got there, uh, which road it was going to go down. And I mm -hmm. did that very well. I loved that at the end of the book, it did jump forward to many years later, and it kind of shared a little bit of their history getting to that point. Of course, mm -hmm. I, I will say the way that the love story ended between Hannah and Owen or what happened in that love story, because we don't want to give anything away. Um, I was surprised by that. I didn't expect that. I wanted a different outcome and I didn't get it. Right. But right. sometimes those are the best books, right? The ones where the outcomes do surprise you. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you want, as long as it's a good surprise right. and not I, a disappointing surprise. I know. Not I'm that this is a, not that in this particular book it's a disappointing surprise, but or a disappointing end. But I, yeah, I like I everything to tie together in a neat little package the way I expected right. it to end. But again, it's not all about me. There's other people reading the book, and right. this is the way that it should have ended, right. not the way I wanted right. it to end, right. but it should have. Right. Well, and I guess, I guess. I'm thinking more in terms of books that I've read where I feel like, no, this can't be the end. <laughs> it's like, wait, you haven't finished the book yet. You know, you haven't finished the story. So I'm more, I, if it has an ending, no matter which way the ending goes, as long as it feels like it ends and then it shouldn't keep going. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Did you like the characters? Mm -hmm. Did you like who they were? And do you think like Owen did the right thing for his family leaving the way he did? Or what do you think? I did like the characters. I did. I was comfortable with the characters. What about you? I really did like them also. I just remember, you know, you're in life, it's going in one direction. And then when everything changes, the ability to come together and use your strengths and confront your flaws and mm -hmm. learn to work with them. I think that 
is really cool. And you saw that in all three of the characters. And again, you yeah. never meet Owen in person. It'll be interesting to see now that I've read the book to see what Apple TV's take is on the book. If they present it the way I read it, you know, is, is their story going to be the same as I read it? Yeah. And I will say that the part of the trailer that I saw, I could identify where it was happening in the book, what was happening. And it felt from the trailer. And of course, I've mm -hmm. seen two minutes of a however long series or movie. It right. did seem at least in those two minutes to be following the story. Okay. We'll have to come back to this. Yeah. And the one thing I will say about the trailer, though, the one thing that I did notice that was different is Bailey in the book is said to have like really dark hair that's purple. Right. Did I read that correctly? Because it looks like the girl playing her yes. has blonde hair that is purple. So that was like the yes. one thing that I noticed in the trailer that was different. Well, see, and that's good to know. And, and that's always my issue with movies is are they taking artistic license when they create the movie and changing things that are very descriptive in the book? Yes, and that definitely was descriptive because she looked a lot like her biological mom. You find out later who also had that dark right. hair and everything. So, well, I love the book. I've said that from the beginning of this month when we started talking okay. about it. And I'm happy to hear that you enjoyed it also, that it was an easy I summer did. read. It was. It was. It was a good traveling companion, too. Like when I'm traveling by myself, it <laughs> right. was good to have right. a book to put on my headphones and be able to listen to and yeah. try to ignore the man sitting next to me. And <laughs> yeah. So anything else you want to share about that book before we move to closing? Nope. I think I agree with you. It was, it was, it was a good, a good read, a great summer read. And yeah. And that's all. You just saying that it was a summer read, which is what I, I said, Reminds me that uh -huh. we're in August and summer is quickly coming to an end. Like, why do I Thank have to buzz kill this right now? Well, yeah, the heat there, but like we're going to go into colder weather, which is not enjoyable. We're going to be bitching about it for a different reason. Uh, not in Arizona, I won't. Yeah, no, it is pretty hot there. I, I was yeah. happy when I got to Seattle and the weather was like 78, yeah. a little bit cloudy. And rain, sprinkles. I'm like, yep, perfect. <laughs> Bring it on. Yep. I'm ready for it. Okay, well, let's close this episode out. Okay. Suzanne, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and opinions on the book that we read. I'm happy, very happy that you liked it because I don't want to ever be that person that brings a dud into your life like one where you just want to read the first three chapters and then not finish it. Listen, if I hadn't liked it, I wouldn't have finished it. Even in a book club, if I don't like the book, I'm not going to finish it. Well, how would you have faked that? I would have said, I didn't like it. I didn't finish it. Oh, you wouldn't just pretend to have read it. Oh, or hell no. <laughs> hell know no. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm a very particular reader. And if I am not enjoying the book, I am not going to finish it. And that's never going to change. And so when we discuss it, I will I will start our conversation like that. Just want you to know I didn't like the book. And so I didn't finish it. Okay. Well, I'm glad to know that's an option because if I don't like the book, I don't have to finish it. That's true. So, you have that option. 
I do have that option. Do you think your personal book club would have enjoyed this book? I do. Yep. I definitely think they would enjoy it. I will recommend it to them. Yay. I picked a winner. I have winner, winner, chicken dinner right here. Me, (laughs) I did that. So I'm excited. Way to go, Michelle. Yeah. Way to go, Michelle. Um, Do you have a book picked for the month of September yet? I do. You do? Are you going to like spill tea as to what that is? I am. I can order it I'm going to give you this. I don't know a lot about the book. Okay. But what I do know is it is a Pulitzer Prize winner. And because of our previous month where we had a Pulitzer Prize winning author, I thought, okay, well, we're going to try this. It is also a New York Times bestseller. Okay. So... And it gets a pretty high score on Goodreads. The title is Trust by Hernan Diaz. H-E-R-N-A-N. Okay. And last name is Diaz. D-I-A-Z. And I don't know a lot about it, but I think it's intriguing looking. Okay. Do you know if there's an audio version? I don't know, but if it's ah, a Pulitzer don't Prize, kill me. <laughs> if it's a Pulitzer Prize winner, my guess is there's an audio version. Okay, well, I will get that downloaded for upcoming travel, and with that piece of information shared, Suzanne, would you like to give us something to sip on to close out this episode? Yes, and I'm taking it from our book. You did the a last quote. Thing you told me. And all of her parts in the book, she opens the part of the book, part one, part two, part three, with a quote. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yep. Now, again, I didn't read it. I had the audio version, so I didn't. So maybe they skip over that. No, they read it. I just didn't write it down, but what a great idea. Go ahead. You have the floor. So at the beginning of part two, the quote is each species of wood as its own distinctive patterns and colors, which are revealed when the bowl is turned. And that is by Philip Malthrop. Throp. Malthrop. Wow. You said that very well. Right. And and Hannah, the main character of the book, is a wood turner by trade in the book. So it was appropriate for the book. Okay, well, I love it. It's appropriate in life, too. So thank you for sharing that. And until next week, bye, everyone. Cheers.